after an amazing weekend of fights, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fight Podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 143. Yo, I told you guys, I prepped you all last week. I was crazy excited about it, and I didn't lie. This weekend, 1,000%. It lived up to expectations, man. It is a... Well, let me just say this, man. This weekend was everything fight fans dream of. We had big fights that actually lived up to expectations. We had underdogs coming out and doing work. We had champions coming out there and beating the brakes off of people. All in all... This weekend had absolutely everything that we would ever ask for. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into a little bit of everything today, man. We're going to do a full weekend recap. And let me just go ahead and let you guys know what we're talking about today. Absolutely. We have to lead the show and talk about this past weekend's incredible title fight with Errol Spence Jr. versus Showtime Sean Porter to unify the welterweight championship. The IBF and the WBC boxing welterweight belts were on the line. We also had UFC Copenhagen, and that was headlined by Jared Cannonier and Jack Hermanson. The first time the UFC was ever in Copenhagen. And honestly, man, yo. Pretty fucking solid event. I'm I'm not going to lie. I wasn't as enthusiastic about it. It was one of those. I was like, oh, on paper, this is cool. But at the end of the day, we'll see. I'm not going to lie, man. It lived up to expectations, man. And actually exceeded expectations for me. So we'll talk about that. Bellator had a hell of a weekend. Bellator... And I'm not going to stunt, man. Bellator is an organization, especially over the last few months. I've really crushed... Because they've put out the most doo-doo cards that you could actually ever imagine. And I'm not a fan of this three fight cards in one weekend. But at the end of the day, you know what? For the most part, the fights, the ones that we cared about lived up up to expectations. So um, we'll talk about all the Bellator action as well. I hope you guys are had a good weekend. I hope you are having a great day. It's Monday morning here in Chicago. Um, man, I'm relaxing. Again, stayed at home, watched all the fights this weekend. Um, the weather, it finally felt like fall outside. It's beautiful out there. But today, man, I woke up and, you know, it said it's going to be like 85 degrees. Man, I'm waiting for fall. I can't wait for fall. <laughs> and uh, every two seconds, man, it bounces back up to 90. And they want to tell us that global warming is not real. Bruh, it's rough out there, man. But um, all in all, great weekend. Um, nothing else is really going, man. Uh, my my nephew, uh, little nephew dude is uh, 14 years old. Wanted to come hang out with me this weekend. So we just hung out and, man, I made Buddy watch fights. <laughs> That's all we did. We sat around, man. We watched fights. And uh, and then he tried to school me on some video games, not knowing that in most video games, I'm not going to stunt. I, I'm not that guy. But if you go ahead and pull out some 2K, 
He thought he was going to wash me in 2K. This little kid don't know no better, man. I've been playing video games, especially basketball video games, since NBA Jam on my Super Nintendo. So you better get out of here if you think you're going to beat me in some uh, <laughs> in uh, in 2K, man. So that is the only game. That and like Tekken are like the only two games that I really play. So it was fun, man. A lot of fun. But you know what was more fun than that? this weekend man this weekend's cards look i have a lot to get to so let's just go ahead and jump into it and get you guys this young weekend recap all right oh where to begin i have to begin with what people are already calling a fight of the year contender a legitimate fight of the year contender Errol Spence Jr. goes out and defeats Sugar Sean Porter. I'm sorry to say Showtime Sean Porter in a unanimous or sorry to say a split decision victory. Um, it went to the buzzer. Uh, the judges had it 115, or should I say one judge had it 115, 113 for Porter. The other judges had it 116, 111 for Spence. That's actually the exact same score I had. Um, this fight was everything you could have wanted. From the onset, you can tell these are two guys who are familiar with one another. Errol Spence used to train with uh, Sean Porter's uh, father. Sean Porter's dad was one of the Olympic coaches, and they've worked together. They've hung out. They're friends. But there was a lot of beef leading up to this fight. You can tell they were starting to get on one another's nerves. So when this fight started, obviously the first couple rounds were, eh, you know, like most fights are. A little bit of a feeling out process, but when it came down to round number three, yo, holy shit, man. The pace, the the tenacity, they just started throwing bombs. And here's the thing. It wasn't just a brawl. This was a very technical brawl they were in there you saw sean porter doing everything sean porter does well sean porter was physical sean porter was ready he was sharp he did everything he this was the best version of sean porter that i have ever seen i'm not gonna lie to you guys i didn't expect it i thoroughly anticipated sean porter to get washed but he didn't man he came out there he came with it and was legitimately winning rounds but with all that being said he still ended up getting work by the best welterweight in the division and that is Errol Spence Jr. Errol Spence goes out here took on everything that Sean Porter had and one thing that I am noticing more and more about Sean Porter is he has I'm sorry not Sean Porter Errol Spence is that he has something that a lot of other great fighters do he does something that John Jones does he does something that George St. Pierre used to do you don't see this as much in boxing but what he is doing is that if you are good at something he wants to beat you in your style to prove to you that he can do it. Let's go back and look at his fight with Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia was the undefeated champion moving up. He had a couple big wins at welterweight and everybody anticipated him being that guy. 
top five pound for pound on everybody's list. Mikey was that dude. Everyone said that Mikey Garcia had the best, especially out of the two of those guys, the better uh, boxing IQ. He was the better all-around boxer. Errol Spence made a point to go out there and outbox and completely shut down Mikey Garcia, which he did. And in this fight, everyone's saying, oh, man, Sean Porter is rough. He's rugged. He's going to come in and fight at the inside. He's going to try to make a brawl. Even Errol Spence himself said that Sean Porter, all he is, is a street fighter, essentially. He's a street fighter who, you know, in, in the ring. He doesn't have anything. He's just going to come pretty much to brawl. Look, Sean Porter is not just a street fighter. He does have skills, but Errol Spence proved that one, he has the conditioning. Two, he has the heart. Three, he has the skills. Four, he is one of the most versatile champions that we actually have in this sport. And we really have to start looking at him in terms of pound for pound great. Where does he legitimately rank? Now, here's the thing. You're going to get a lot of people that actually looked at that fight and said, oh, man, you know, look at him. He took a lot of shots in here. And, and, and even in terms of the commentary with Danny Garcia, who jumped in the ring afterwards, and uh, Keith Thurman, who I'll talk about in a moment. These guys are going out there and, and I'm see, hearing the naysayers. I'm hearing the naysayers. I'm hearing all these individuals who are sitting there saying, oh, he couldn't get him out of there. Oh, he's someone who wasn't, um, you know, he couldn't get him out of there. He didn't knock out Sean Porter. He didn't knock out Mikey Garcia. Oh, is he as good as we think he is? Well, the answer is simple. He's better than we thought he was. So don't let those fools essentially fool you. They don't know what they're talking about, and honestly, they're hating. So let me go to the commentary, right? They had Ray Boom Boom Mancini, who I'm not going to lie to you, I think is a complete and utter fool. Ray Boom Boom Mancini, who was an incredible boxer in his day, uh, who was a Hall of Famer, mad respect for the man in terms of what he did in the ring. In terms of being an analyst and a essentially a commentator, no bueno fam no bueno at all i honestly don't know why he's up there and then you have keith thurman and danny garcia two individuals whom at one point in time had the belts two individuals who errol spence at one point in time was trying to get fights with these guys and they did not give him the fights because they kept saying oh you don't have the experience up oh, you're not a big enough name no we're not fighting you now they're watching Errol Spence on the biggest platform and all they're saying is, is, man, yo, they were just hating. All those dudes were doing were sitting back and hating. Oh, like there was one point in time mid-fight, I think it was somewhere around the fifth or sixth round, they bring it over to Keith Thurman and Keith Thurman was like, man, I have Sean Porter winning every round. You, Stevie Wonder could have seen that Errol Spence was doing work. So you have these guys in here who are essentially speaking to these casual fans, speaking to the individuals, and they sway the way people actually think about the fight. Yo, people, turn the sound off. Watch what's going on. And what I saw in terms of the X's and O's of the fight is this. Sean Porter was doing an amazing job. He was staying very, very, very busy. But at the end of the day, 
I saw Errol Spence blocking a lot of shots. And don't get it twisted. He did take more punishment than he's ever taken. He took 172 shots. That's as many shots as Sean Porter landed. And that is the most shots that he has ever absorbed in a fight. You know what I saw from that, though? He takes them very well. But even with that being said, he outlanded Sean Porter. He landed more power shots than Sean Porter. He showed better defense than Sean Porter. Think about this. When Sean Porter was coming forward in reckless abandon in the way that he always does, Aerosmith Smith was doing an amazing job, even in backing up, blocking the shots. Think about a lot of those shots in the clinch. A lot of them were blocked by by the gloves. A lot of them were blocked by the arms. A lot of them were slipped. So a lot of those punches were never really caught clean. Even the cut that Errol Spence has was from a headbutt, which is something that Sean Porter does because of his aggressive styles, not because he's dirty. So Errol Spence showed he has defense. And one thing that he also showed with his defense is that he can also fire back while defending. So when Sean Porter was coming forward, he ended up just pretty much catching everything. It was just catch and shoot. Catch, body shot. Catch, huge hook to the head. Catch, body shot, body shot, body shot. He continued just beating them to a, beating the hell out of him. And here's the thing. So this fight, I would say at this point in time is my fight of the year. And the reason I say that is, yo, this might have also given us the round of the year. In the 10th round, you have both men throwing absolute haymakers at one another. Huge by, and here's the thing. Yes, I had it 116-111, but it was still a really close fight. Sean Porter's coming forward. He's landing shots. Errol Spence is throwing bombs. They're going back and forth. If this is one of those fights that if you have someone who you're like, yo, look, combat sports. In fact, this year alone, I have one for MMA. I have one for boxing. If you want someone who doesn't understand the sport to actually love and enjoy the sport and say, look, this is why I love combat sports. Here are two fights that really encompass that. If I'm talking about boxing, go ahead and show them this Errol Spence, Sean Porter fight. It has everything. It has defense. It has drama. It has offense. It has, it's all action. On the other side, let's go look at MMA. This upcoming weekend's title fight is headlined by none other than Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya. Israel Adesanya's last fight with Kelvin Gastelum is the fight of the year in MMA. Those are two beautiful fights where it isn't just two guys who are just caged animals. No! These are four world-class, highly skilled fighters that could do it all. I'm not even talking about the gentlemen who lost these fights. They can do it all. So it was an amazing thing to see. And here's the thing. Um, in that fight, and going, going back to the, the Porter-Spence fight, one of the great things that we saw is that uh, Errol Spence's power lasts even late in fights. 11th round, Sean Porter, as he is, is coming forward. Errol Spence ends up throwing a huge left hook cracks uh, Sean Porter at the same time Sean Porter's trying to throw his own left hook ends up dropping Sean Porter I thought they might have been done like that in a moment but Sean Porter kudos to him with the heart of a lion 
comes out there and continues fighting. And I'm not going to say he was tried to win the round, but he he's he made a great account of himself in that. In the 12th round, Errol Spence goes out there and continues to do work. Obviously wins that round, wins the fight. Amazing fight all around, man. Um, this is, real, real quick, before I go to where Sean, I mean, Errol Spence and everything goes from here, I want to give some love and actually show some legitimate respect to Sean Porter. Nobody, mark my words, nobody is ever going to wash Sean Porter. He is entirely too durable. He's entirely too well conditioned. And he's also another one of those guys with championship pedigree. I talked about it last week. Look at who is on this man's resume. He has fought the best of the best. But one thing, I mean, look, he's fought Keith Thurman, Errol Spence, Danny Garcia, Ugas, Adrian Broner. The list goes on and on. Nobody in that division has a resume as stacked as Sean Porter. And yes, he has losses on his records, but that's okay. You know what that shows me? He is one of those fighters that I love and I wish it doesn't matter. The loss doesn't matter. You need fighters like Sean Porter. He's a throwback. Got vibes of an old school Joe Frazier even after the fight with the with the money green um, uh, suit jacket. He is someone who we will talk about for a long time to come. He is the Hall of Fame caliber fighter. So let's always keep that in perspective. Now let's go ahead and go to the other side. Errol Spence. What do we do from here? After the fight, Danny Garcia jumps in the ring. Everybody says that's his next fight. Okay, if that happens, I'm I'm not mad at it. I think it's a great fight. I really do like Danny Garcia. I would prefer seeing Danny Garcia fighting against Mikey Garcia. But whatever, if that's the fight, that's the fight. Errol Spence wants to continue collecting championship belts. He said he wants Manny Pacquiao next. So if he can get Manny Pacquiao, he'll be able to get that next belt. And that's what he wants because he wants to get all of the belts. Now, I've heard a lot of casuals wanting to sit there and say that, oh, he's scared. He's ducking Terrence Crawford. How? How? How in the fuck is he actually going out there and doing that? Explain it to me. Because here's the thing. I'm going to explain it to you how he's not. After the fight, he made a point, and there is a meme that I'll end up probably posting on um, the Fight Podcast um, social media page. Remember, don't forget to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Also, remember, check us out on all um, podcasting platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all those, man. So check us out. But... One of those things that he ended up saying was it shows how when Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman had the belts, Errol Spence was calling him out and they weren't accepting that fight. They said he needed more experience. They said he needed more 
you know, more big names on his record. And he even said it himself after when Danny actually came into the cage or should should I say the ring? He said, oh, my, how the tables have turned. And they have. So if we're sitting here looking at someone like a Terrence Crawford, who is a dog, and I think he's incredible. But one thing we have to look at, if it boils down to it, who does he really have on his resume? One. And Errol Spence said something really interesting after the fight. And he said, look, man, his team's not promoting him well enough. At the end of the day, if we fight right now, I am doing him a solid. He is probably the other toughest fight in the division. Let me go out here and collect these belts. And hopefully they can actually get him a fight that drums up enough attention that gets the casual fan to go out there and pay attention. That's not scary. That's not pussy. What that is is business. And at the end of the day, no one knows who he is because he fights for free on paper on on ESPN. And even his last pay-per-view fight, he only had 100,000 buys. Yo, Logan Paul and KSI fucking YouTubers did well more pay-per-view buys than Terrence Crawford. Take that into account. So he's not the big money guy at this point in time. Therefore, I even in terms of as a fan, yes, I want to see that fight. And I believe that we will end up getting that fight. But just not today. And um, so all in all, man, what an incredible event. What an incredible main event. Um, the rest of the card was also phenomenal. Uh, let's see. What other? What other? Um, yes. Okay. So the other fights on this card. Oh, and one thing that uh, Errol Spence says, which I love, because they asked him about all these these welterweights. You know, and I'm talking about Terrence Crawford, Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman, uh, Manny Pacquiao. And he said, look, man, I've told my team, you line them up. I'll knock him down. That in itself is the epitome of a champion. And that quote to me truly represents Errol Spencer Jr., the now 11th unified welterweight champion in boxing history, man. So salute to that dude. Um, when more things come up about him, I will absolutely let you guys know. All right. Uh, the rest of the card, like I said, was fire, man. Uh, the co-main event was David Benavidez, um, the actually the youngest uh, champion. He won the champion championship at 168 pounds at 20 years old. He ended up losing the belt. It was stripped from him because he out an in and in and out of competition testing. He pissed hot for cocaine. Look, man, sugar booger. My man wanted to have a party. I'm not mad at, mad at a dude for partying, but he was stripped of the belt. Darrell had the belt. They fought. And I'm going to be honest with you. Benavidez won in a dominant, dominant, dominant win. Ended up getting a ninth round stoppage. Darrell's team ended up throwing in the towel because of a cut that he sustained in the sixth round. Um, he ended up needing some like 15 stitches to end up cutting it up. It was right over his eyelid. Super nasty looking. Um, but all in all, man, regardless of the um, the cut, Benavidez would have won. He was extremely dominant in this one and he looked good. 
After the fight, he called out one of my favorite fighters right now. He called out Caleb Plant. They've been beefing for a while. Caleb Plant even pretty much tweeted, is this the motherfucker who y'all believe is going to beat me? LOL. Um, They're going back and forth. Look, at this point in time, I think David Benavidez's size is always an issue and power is an issue for anyone. I don't believe he'll be able to catch Caleb Plant. But if that fight comes to fruition, obviously I'll break it down a little bit more. At this point in time, at 168, I think Caleb Plant is the top of his class, man. So salute to all those guys. Great win by David Benavides. He is now the two-time champion at 165 pounds or 168 pounds. He has the WBC belt. Oh, and again, uh, Spence, I, I believe I said it earlier, but Spence retained his IBF belt and won the WBC belt. All right, man. Uh, let, let's go ahead and transition to a little bit of MMA. Let me take a little sip of my coffee because it is. 9.30 a.m. here on a Monday morning. Ah, all right. Um, UFC Copenhagen. Yo, man, this fight card really uh, really surprised me. This ended up being a great card all around. Um, ended up getting 12,000 people sold out the Arena Royale or Royale Arena in Copenhagen. Um, it was headlined by Jack Hermanson, the number five ranked middleweight in the world. That's 185 pounds. And he fought the killer gorilla, uh, Jared Cantonier, the number nine. If you guys know, don't know about Jared Cantonier, he began his MMA career, even his UFC career, at heavyweight. Won a couple there, moved down to light heavyweight. Won a couple there, lost a couple. Then he finally moved down to middleweight. And at middleweight, it seems as if he has found himself a home. This dude is 3-0 with 185. He absolutely destroyed David Branch, whom is suspended for two years now because of USADA violations, but that's neither here nor there. Um, He also ended up going out there and honestly breaking and um and defeated anderson silva with tko lost late kicks anderson silva thought his leg was broken or something jerry can near chop buddy down like a tree got anderson up out of there and it led to this fight with jack hermanson jack hermanson is somebody whom a lot of individuals were like oh this is the guy he's the next guy at 185 we need to be careful for him Jared Cantonier gets him. The fight starts off like a lot of people believed. Jack Hermanson running up there, going for takedowns. He couldn't keep Jared Cantonier down. He couldn't. Jared Cantonier can, he's always stated. One thing I'll say about Jared Cantonier is out of the majority of fighters, he is one of the guys who I believe stays the most composed extremely composed extremely you never see him stressing no matter what position he's in he's extremely well coached he's over there with the guys at the lab in Arizona with Benson Henderson and yo speaking of Benson Henderson my man was this weekend getting in his freaking flyer miles he himself on Friday night had a fight with Bellator which I'll talk about in um in Dublin Ireland he ended up getting a victory that day 
the next day flew over to Copenhagen, which honestly, I think is only like an hour and a half flight, but flew to Copenhagen and cornered Jaron Cantonier in that fight as well. Yo, coach of the year, man. My man's out there doing work. Um, But he goes out there again, extremely well-schooled. And at the end of the day, man, he ended up stuffing all the takedowns. And then once he was able to stuff the takedowns, you saw uh, Jack Hermanson's enthusiasm just drop you saw the will to win just it was fleeting man and Jerry Catanieri kept on pounding and pounding and pounding beginning of the second round comes in Jack Hermanson once again shoots in for pretty much an unset up um takedown Jerry Catanieri perfectly times an upper cup Boom! Drops hit Jack Hermanson, ends up finishing him right in the beginning of the second round. Great fight for him. Extremely impressive. And I'm going to be honest with you. Jared Cantonier is a problem. He is a problem for anyone in this weight class. And I really started thinking about it now since he's beat Jack Hermanson, who was number five. Obviously, in my opinion, we'll probably end up seeing Jared Cannonier ranked number five from this position. And then let's look around the rest of the weight class. Adesanya Whitaker about to fight this weekend. You have Darren Till fighting Kelvin Gastelum. And then everybody else is kind of behind him. So who should he fight next? I'm going to be honest with you guys. If it is not... The winner of Darren Till and um, and Kelvin Gastelum, maybe a Yoel Romero fight. That would be extremely entertaining. If not, if you can't get the fight with, or let's say that we have Bohachina. If Paulo Costa's sitting here waiting and he doesn't have an opponent, I know he's trying to wait for the title shot. But if he does, is if he is not able to get it, I would love to see that fight between Jared Cantonier and Paulo Costa. That's just me. UFC matchmakers, I think you guys need to pay attention a little bit. I'm gonna be honest with you guys because if there's an opportunity for that fight to happen, you talk about fireworks. Sheet. Yo, that would be one of the fights of the year candidates as well, man. So, Jaron Cantonier, man, that dude is a problem for anybody. Salute to him. And honestly, again, uh, the, the whole card, um, real quick notables for the rest of this card. Um, you have Mark Madsen. Mark Madsen is an Olympic silver medalist. He was actually fighting in his hometown. He and th- Dude, when this dude walked out, all 12,000 fans were on their feet screaming from what i understand this dude mark madison is a rock star over there in in uh, denmark he went out there and did what an olympic champion was supposed to do literally runs up takes his dude down and when he has you on the ground my man's is mean completely controlled completely dominated now danilo Bellari, oh shit Bellardo, I'm sorry about that, Bellardo. Um, honestly, didn't have much resistance for him, and he's a tough dude out of Italy, super tough, but got completely scuffed, man. Um, can't wait to see what happens next with Madsen. That weight class, um, 
at a uh, hundred and sixty, or should I say, hundred or uh, one fifty five is super stacked. So I can't wait to see continue happen there. Um, speaking of one seventy, Gilbert Burns gets a unanimous decision win against the always fan favorite Gunnar Nelson. Yo, man, Gunnar Nelson is turning into one of those litmus tests for me. Right? He's one of those guys that if you can get past Gunny, you might be in the conversation for a title shot a la Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards goes out there and gets a big win against him. Now he is in the the picture. Gilbert Burns took this fight on short notice, usually fights at 155 pounds. He's moving up to 170. He goes out there and gets a split decision win. Great fight. Great win. I had him winning on my card also. I had him winning 29-28. Looked incredible doing it, man. Out grappled Gunnar Nelson, outstruck Gunnar Nelson, outworked Gunnar Nelson, and that is not an easy task. Um, dude, man, I, I, I think a lot of guys need to really start paying attention. And if you are cutting too much weight for a weight class, you might want to just fight closer to your natural weight. It seems that is the way um, that people, I mean, that's where it's going. Look at Jorge Masvidal. Look at Nate Diaz. Look at Robert Whitaker. Look at Israel Adesanya. I, I mean, it goes on and on. The guys who are fighting closer to the weight, Anthony Smith, all these dudes are moving up, fighting closer to their natural weight, and they are performing that much better, man. The more these dudes do this, the better it's going to be. Um, but great win for him. Also, um, Ion the Hook Culebra um, ends up TKO in Khalil Roundtree. I'm not gonna stunt, bro. I was really disappointed in Khalil Roundtree on this one. I anticipated more. He's been in Thailand for a little bit, getting it in. He looks like Sagat in terms of stand up, it's incredible. But fam, can you train wrestling a little bit? Holy shit. He, he just totally got dominated on the ground. He got taken down. He couldn't get back up and he got beat up. Makes no sense. Ended up getting grounded upon it out. TKO first round. Um, good win for him, but shit, man. What's up? Uh, Nicholas Dolby also gets a big win against Alex Oliveira, who is always tough, man. Uh, Nicholas Dolby was his first fight um, back in the UFC, so salute to him, man. All in all, man, yo, really good fight card. Sneaky good, right? It was one of those that really, um, at the end of the day, and it started in the, like 11 a.m., so I was sitting here in the early afternoon, you know, eating breakfast, watching fights, which was amazing, but when you really look at it, man, this was definitely one of those that once you look at it, man, it was it was a very sneaky good card, so I was happy to see it. Salute to the UFC with this one. All right, let's go ahead and talk about Bellator. Bellator had a weekend, man. They had, in Dublin, Ireland, they had um, Bellator Dublin, then you had Bellator 227, and then you had Bellator 228 here stateside at the uh, the forum in uh, LA. James Gallagher goes out and gets a 38-second 30, uh, submission win, um, afterwards jumps, in the, jumps out of the ring, celebrates with Conor McGregor. Seems like Conor McGregor goes to way more uh, Bellator events now than he goes to UFC events. I wonder what that's about, but whatever. Big win for James Gallagher, man. A lot of fun. 
Um, Benson Henderson, who headlined you, uh, Bellator 227, is back on the winning track. Actually, he's three wins in a row now. Beat Miles Jury via unanimous decision. Honestly, I thought it was a pretty clear-cut win. I had him winning 30-27. Um, it's still Ben, man. Ben goes out there and really does work. A great win for him. Um, and then, like I said, my man ends up flying to uh, Copenhagen and in, in cornering his boy. Great fight for him. Uh, Gegard Musasi ended up beating Leroy Machida in Bellator 228 via split decision. Um, I had it unanimous also. Gegard didn't look great at times. But it's really difficult to look good against Leota Machida. But I think this is this is a case of two guys, even though Gegard is pretty young in terms of age. He's only 34 years old, but he has a lot of wear and tear. My man has like 50 plus fights. So you look at that, you take that into account. Both of these guys have a lot of tread. Uh, I don't know if they have a lot of tread left on their tires, but it, I do believe it's getting toward the end of the road, man. So, But it was still a really, really solid fight. All right. Bellator also had the beginning of its featherweight Grand Prix. This is the one thing that I believe Bellator does extremely well. And that's really put together these solid tournaments. I wish they happened a little bit faster. I think the more quickly that they happen, the more people would actually care to watch them. But since that isn't happening, I'll say it's okay. Still quality fights, man. So I'm going to go kind of down a list of some of the guys who competed this past weekend, how they did, all right? Let's start off with the champion. The champion himself, you, I'm talking about Patricky Pitbull, went out there and fought the always tough and only once defeated Juan Archuleta. Juan Archuleta's a bad dude, man. Always keeps a pace. Is heavy-handed. He's tough. And he got destroyed which to me shows me how good pitbull actually is pitbull is the 145 pound champion in, in bellator he's also the 155 pound champion beat michael chandler in the first round i mean he went out there outstruck him out grappled him out grappled him outpaced him great win he's moving on to the next round of the tournament um, who else was in there? Darian Caldwell the former champion at 135 pounds who also fights at 145 also got a big win, ended up beating Henry Corrales. Henry Corrales is the guy who beat Aaron Pico by nasty knockout. But man, look, Darren Caldwell did what he does again, which one, he outgrappled him. But then out of nowhere, he really ended up gassing out, man. I wasn't really as impressed with him as I would have liked to be. But all in all, bro, look, great win for him. Um, AJ McKee. Holy shit, man. This kid's also in the tournament. He ended up getting an eight-second KO finish. Yes, eight seconds, went out there, did absolute work, destroyed his opponent. He moves on. Um, you also have Emmanuel Sanchez in this tournament. There's so many good guys, man. This is a solid tournament. A lot, a lot of fun, bro. Um, who else is on this card? Oh, speaking of AJ McKee, his dad, Antonio McKee, hasn't fought in five years, 49 years old, comes back and gets a second round TKO win, man. So father and son went out and did work together. I love it, man. Um, yo, all in all, like I said, super fun weekend, a lot of great fights, man. And um, yo, 
combat sports, I say it all the time. This is the best time, man. We're getting some of the best athletes in the world. We're starting to get just the skill level is starting to really catch up and people are really starting to pay attention, man. Boxing, incredible. The best time in boxing in my lifetime. Um, MMA is continually developing and getting better and better and better. And we're starting to see these organizations put out quality events. And we're also starting to see in terms of MMA, the UFC is not the end all be all. There's talent everywhere. Bellator has amazing champions. One has amazing champions. The PFL has amazing fighters. Ryzen. There are so many organizations out there that could legitimately now compete with the UFC that I think people are really starting to pay attention. There is a reason why MMA is the fastest growing sport in the world with over 300 million fans worldwide, bro. It's incredible. And I love that I am in it paying attention and breaking this shit down for you guys, man. Um, Yo, all in all, amazing fight weekend. Errol Spence Jr. um, went out there, did work. Um, To me, at this point in time, pound for pound. And I'll talk about this later on this week when I have Brandon Camille join me on the show. But pound for pound, you can literally have a 1A, 1B, 1C. Loma Spence Crawford generally depends on how you feel that day and honestly I have changed my mind at least three times (laughs) I mean it's nuts man it's really really nuts uh being able to get these dudes out here man so a lot of fun great fights this weekend guys um we have some more fights. Obviously, this upcoming weekend we have the huge fight with Israel Asanya and um and Robert Whitaker, the co-main, we have um, Ally Quinta uh, fighting in that as well, man. So I'll be breaking that down later on this week, along with fight news, some more boxing news. We finally have interviews. I have two episodes coming up this week with interviews, three interviews apiece. You guys are going to love that. Um, but with all that being said, thank you as always for listening. I'm your boy, Serge Vicente. This has been episode 143 of the fight podcast remember you can find me on all social media platforms at serge vicente follow the show at the fight podcast check us out everywhere podcasts are available itunes google play spotify stitcher soundcloud let your friends know share all that good stuff man all in all yo that's it for me today love you guys salute i'll catch you guys next time deuces